0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm glad to see 2020 in my rearview mirror. I don't know about you, but I am. And I tell you what, whether you're here or you're watching online, I feel the presence of the Lord today, don't you? How many of you going to help me preach today? I'm all about the new year and what is uh, ahead of us. You know, 2020 taught us a lot of things. Anybody have any observations about this last year? Goodness gracious. Uh, We used to stay away from negative people. Now we stay away from positive people. (laughs) I I, I know before 2020, uh, parents used to tell their kids to stay home now kids are telling their parents you better stay home I mean this is a crazy upside down world Uh, in 2020 pajamas became the fashion statement instead of jeans and uh, whoever thought the comment I wouldn't touch them with a six-foot pole would be standard policy now and after 120 days in the house by yourself the dog begins to look at you and say this is why I chew the furniture while you're gone I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy world. Um, After Wednesday's Cotton Bowl, here's some uh, COVID advice for you. If you want to not catch COVID, uh, wear a Florida Gators jersey and you won't catch anything. Uh, Some of you get that on the way home. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm chapter 62. This is a Psalm of David. And David is a man after God's own heart, but he's not perfect. And guess what? I love God with all my heart, and I'm not perfect. Look at your neighbor. They resemble that remark. We're we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But David gives us some insight in verse 5. He said, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. My expectation is is from him this is a psalm of david and it's a tough time in david's life we see this throughout the psalm he said people are attacking me they're lying about me they bless me with their mouth but they curse me inwardly now david gives us some advice in this psalm not only is he saying we need to expect something from god but even in difficult times we keep trusting god we we realize he's our rock he's our salvation he's our defender and the second thing that i think is very important no matter what the circumstance is, whatever the the climate is around you you and i need to expect god to move on our behalf because we are the children of god we are the family of god and god delights in having his children blessed i I, I I remember back in November, I had my yearly physical checkup with Dr. Jeff. He was in the early service this morning with us, and a few days before that appointment, I had to go to uh, get my blood taken, and uh, they give you that little cup and send you to the bathroom, and you know the rest of the story. And so uh, a few days after that, I go to see Dr. Jeff, and I want to see my results. And the first thing they do when you go in the the back door there, back to the clinic, they weigh you. Isn't that a wonderful experience? First thing they do, they weigh you. And so I go back, and Dr. Jeff, he looks at the chart, and he said, Mike, you've lost weight since last year. And I said, that's wonderful. He said, a half a pound. And he said, maybe that's where you're going to hover. Maybe that's, that's true. So... Um, he, he looked at all of my blood levels and all the things that they check. And he said, man, all your blood levels are good and your cholesterol is good. And he said, matter of fact, your HDL, your good cholesterol is really high. He said, man, that's a, a real positive. And so I, I received really a great report. So I go home and Carrie's waiting there to see what the doctor said. And she said, okay, what did he say? And I said, well, he said I had the body of a 30-year-old. And she looked at me and raised her eyebrows and said, he didn't say that. And I said, no, he really didn't say that. I said, I think he was saying I had the blood of a 30-year-old. And she said, he didn't say that either. And I said, no, he didn't say that either. But really, I'm good. But guess what? I was expecting good things. I was expecting good results. I many of even know it's better than not expecting good results. And i tell you what, the year that we've been through, there's so much uh, depression and Things that uh, we have been challenged with and negativity. Life is better when you live in expectation. And all of us need to live in expectations. At the beginning of uh, John the Baptist's ministry, many of you know it was a dark day in Israel. The Romans had oppressed them. They're uh, under the thumb of the Romans. It's not their land anymore because they're occupied. There's very little spiritual activity. Even though it's been ramping up a little bit, there's been this birth In Bethlehem the angels appear and then we have John the Baptist coming on the scene and you know he's kind of breaking a a dark time in history because this time from Malachi to Matthew you know what we call it the 400 silent years No, no major prophet no minor prophet since Malachi very little spiritual activity but now there's this glimpse of hope and John Begins to prepare the way, and he is the forerunner. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. But I want you to look in Luke chapter 3. In Luke, he, he tells us a little bit about John's ministry and what John is going to say to us, not just 2,000 years ago to us, but today to us. How many of you believe with me the Bible is extremely relevant today? I mean, it is now, spot on for you and I today. Listen to what he says, verse 15. Now as the people were in expectation. They're what? In expectation. And all reason in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, listen, these people are expecting something. They're living in expectation. Can I tell you we need to live in that same frame of mind? Because they're living in expectation. The promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire is for those who are expecting it. If you don't expect it, guess what? You may never, ever see it. So listen, my friends, we need to continue to expect The infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need to continually expect the fire of God in our life. The fire that illuminates us and purifies us and gives us passion and purpose that warms our life. We need to still be in that spirit of expectation. We we don't need to lose that. Question. Are you expecting something good? Are you expecting something positive in your life? Listen. Listen. I am declaring to you today we need to expect the power of God to move in us, among us, and through us. I still believe in miracles. I still believe in the supernatural. I still believe in signs and wonders, the things that God has always done, and the church, me individually, us corporately, we need to live in that spirit of expectation because if we don't we'll go by the way of so many we're not looking for anything supernatural we're not looking for the infilling of the holy spirit we're not looking for a miracle we're not looking for a healing we're not looking for supernatural things in our personal life but friends we need to live in that spirit of expectation that when we pray for somebody something happens When we come to this altar, something happens. When we stand in worship, something is happening inside of us because we came expecting it. I don't know about you, but I come in expectation. Someone said, you know, it's a poor sermon that I don't get something out of it. And, you know, I've heard a lot of speakers over the years. I've preached personally thousands of sermons. And even in services where maybe I, I thought maybe the speaker didn't do so well or someone else thought it was, you know, not very good, I've always had this attitude. I don't care who's speaking, what venue it's in, I'm going to get something out of this message. Something's going to impact me. Something's going to challenge me. Something's going to stir me. And if I come in the spirit of ex- expectation, guess what happens? It usually happens because guess what? I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it. I'm looking for God to do something positive in my life. And, and you need to be that way too. And we need to be that way as a church. We, we don't come and say, well, we're just going through the motions. We're just coming and singing again. We're worshiping again. We're hearing again. No, listen, we're expecting God to do something great and mighty among us. Hearing, hearing, amen. Because that's what we should be doing. And listen, this is David's advice. He said, my expectation is from him, him being God Almighty. Many of you have heard from Stephen and heard of Stephen Hawking. He's been one of the uh, greatest minds, I guess, people have said, since Albert Einstein, astrophysicist. Stephen Hawking in 1963, at age 21, was diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, horrible, horrible disease. And uh, as time went on, he lost his ability to do just the very basic common things in life. He's confined to a wheelchair. He can't comb his hair. He can't feed himself. He he can't do anything that we take for advantage and, and for granted every day, right? So now he's in this state. And Hawking said before he became ill, he had very interest in life. He was a partier. He, he said life was a pointless existence. He drank a lot. And when he learned that he had ALS, uh, he was not expected to live more than two years. The average is four years. But it, it, it changed. Something happened in his life. And this shock of being diagnosed this way, he claimed to be happier After he was afflicted than he was when he was afflicted, uh, before he was afflicted. Now, uh, you say, well, how does that happen? Well, here's his own words. When one's expectations are reduced to zero, he said, one really appreciates everything that one has now. And another way to state it is contentment in life is determined in part by what a person anticipates and what they expect. And now when you you feel like your your expectations are almost bottomed out to zero, then you have to kind of rise up like a phoenix bird bird and say, you know, what now is my new expectations? What what do I do from here? Where do I go from here? Now, you know, the diagnosis is within two to four years you're going to be dead. Um, He survived after that diagnosis 55 years. He didn't die until he was 76 years old. Now, why is that unusual? Well, it's unusual just by the the statistics, but secondly, I think it's unusual because if you have purpose, if you have some type of expectation, even if it's not in the right way, it can still help you, and everyone here needs to raise their level of expectation. Now, is it possible to have expectation when the circumstances aren't good? The answer is yes. Is it possible to have expectation when things look dark? The answer is yes because I just said to you the people who heard John moved to expectation even in a dark day when they lived. And guess what? The light did appear, right? I remember reading a story about a little fourth grade boy. He brought home his report card. Now I don't know if you've ever done this but you brought home a report card that wasn't very good. So he brings this awful report card home to his mother and his mother looks at it and she's pretty disappointed and and he said uh, listen mom he said I'm not an underachiever you're just an over <laughs> and sometimes that's the way we feel but we have to raise our level of expectation now I want to give you just three things that we have to be on guard about in this area of expectation now here's number one our expectations can be in jeopardy by listening to other people's criticism and opinions about us. How many of you know everybody's got an opinion? Oh, there's nothing to COVID. It's going to kill everybody. And there's something in between those two, right? Um, You know, the world's going to go to hell in a handbasket. So everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got some criticism. We've all felt it. We've all experienced that. The story of the old man and the young boy who's traveling and on their journey they uh, go from town to town. They're traveling on a little donkey, and the old man puts the boy on the donkey, and they go to one town, and everybody in the town looks at the old man and the young man, the little donkey going through town, and they begin to say, "Well, how horrible it is that little boy is making that old man walk." I can't believe that little boy' is making that old man walk. They go to the next town, and they reverse position. Now the old man's on the donkey and the little boy is walking along the side of the donkey. And guess what they say in that town? I can't believe that little, <laughs> that, that little boy is walking and the old man's riding on the donkey. So the next town they go through and they change positions again. Now the old man and the little boy's on the donkey and they say, I can't believe that old man and little boy is making that donkey carry both of them. <laughs> next town, the old man and the young boy carrying the donkey. Now, the question is how long you've been carrying your donkey. Because if you don't watch it, people are going to tell you, hey, you can't accomplish that. You can't do that. This is my opinion. This is, you know, how I think you should do it. And sometimes we can get our expectations up there. And you know what someone will do? They'll come along. And they'll dash your expectation. They'll try to kill your dream. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of dream killers out there. And they don't want you to succeed because it makes them feel bad. Instead of being your cheerleader, they're going to try to pull you down. And you, you've heard the story, if you ever go crabbing, you don't need a lid for the bucket. You just put all the crabs in the bucket, and when one tries to crawl out, the other one pulls the other one down. How do you know there's some crabby people around? They're always trying to pull somebody down. So don't let someone's criticism, their opinions, bring you down and lower your expectations. You say, well, pastor, what if I don't reach my expectations? You'll still be further along than you were. I'm just telling you, you may shoot for the moon and only get to the top of the trees, but at least you're higher than you were when you started. So don't let other people's opinions, criticisms, labels get in your life and cause you to not expect, to cause you not to grow, to cause you not to reach for what you're trying to reach for. Here's the second one. Expectations are fueled by faith and not by fear. Let me tell you, fear is a killer. And any time you risk something, there's a little bit of fear, right? Any time you step out into something new, there's a little bit of fear. Someone said, in every success story, you find someone who's made a courageous decision. And it takes courage, right, to start a family. I mean, my kids told me this. Well, when are we going to have grandkids? Well, you know, Dad, we got to have so much money, and we need to have a certain house, and we need to have this right. Hello, you just have them, and it will work out. I'm not saying be stupid about something here, but I'm just saying, when's the perfect time? There's never the perfect time when's the perfect time to start working on your marriage? When's the perfect time to start working on your finances? When's the the perfect time to do this? There's never the perfect time. How many of you know you just walk by faith and not by fear? We just believe what the Word of God says about us. We just take those steps. It takes courage to start a new business, right? It takes courage to start a new family. It takes courage to work on your marriage. It takes courage to believe that things are going to work out when everything says they're not going to work out. Horrible circumstances. It takes courage to face the giants in your life. And everybody's giant is different. Some of you came from maybe a family. You you had no positive things there. I mean, it was all critical, and, and your parents didn't step up to be the parents they should be. It takes courage to get past that. It takes courage to overcome alcoholism and drug addiction and and maybe you've had a horrible failure in your life and everybody knows. It takes courage to get past that, doesn't it? To hold your head up when nobody gives you any uh, hope of reconciliation or recovery or restoring your name. But I'm going to tell you, God is the restorer. And if he forgives you and he puts you on the right place. How many of you know it's gonna be okay? Even though the opinions and the criticisms of others come along. It takes courage to do that. And it takes courageous faith to keep moving forward because we just believe what God says. We believe what he said about our life. Now this is the last one this morning and I really want you to get your, uh, your hands and your mind and your spirit, around, your spirit around this one because this is a killer. And uh, I want to dwell just a little bit here. Number three, don't let age diminish your expectations. Would you repeat that with me? Don't let age diminish your expectations. Because it's on both extremes. Listen very closely. There are going to be people that tell you you're too young to accomplish anything. Don't expect anything because of your youth. And then when you get old, they're going to tell you don't expect anything because you're too old. So let's deal with the first one. There are some that think you're going to be too young for God to use you. And how many of you know that is not biblical? Paul writes his first letter to Timothy. And in that letter to Timothy, he says, Timothy, let no man despise your youth. I know you're young. I know people think that you can't do anything this young. You, you can't lead a church this young. You, you can't be the person you need to be this young. But he says, Timothy, do not let people despise your youth. God can use anybody at any age. And he goes on to say, he said, be an example in God's word, in your conduct, in love, spirit, faith, purity. Do not let your youth be a hindrance of what God is going to do in your life. How about a young David? He's not even old enough to be in the army. But yet he is taking some food and supplies to his brothers on the battlefield. And his father, Jesse, sends them there. And as Jesse sends him there, how many of you know there's another father behind the scenes that sent him there? When David got there, he had the criticism and the joking not only of his brothers, but his brother's peers that are there on the side of the battlefield. But I want you to know, this young boy, David, was the highlight of that battle. And David went out and fought Goliath when no one thought he could fight Goliath. Let me tell you what people are saying. You're too young. You're but a youth. But he has been a warrior from his youth. And David, you can't do it. How many of you are glad that David didn't listen to all the negativity? that he believed that God was with him no matter how old he was, that God could do something through his life, and he expected that, and he rehearsed it. God, help me with the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like them. God will help me do that. So, young people, please don't ever be discouraged that God will not be able to use you. And it's not just David. How about a Joseph? We, We know it's 17 joseph begins this incredible journey and now at the end of the story he is leading and he's administrating the entire dynasty of egypt but the journey started in scripture at 17 years old and what about some other teenagers daniel shadrach meshach abednego esther mary and then there's this little kid who'd been to long john silvers and he showed up at the bible study on the side of the mountain And when everybody's hungry, he said, well, if the Lord wants my lunch, five loaves, two fish, I'll give it to him. Let me tell you, he went home different than when he came. Because the Lord took his little lunch, and he broke it, and he blessed it, and it fed over 5,000 people. Most people believe there's probably 25,000 people there. How would you like to hear the conversation when he went home? I'd love to hear that conversation. He hits the back screen door, and he says, Mama, you'll never believe what happened to me today. You packed my lunch. I was the only guy there that had a lunch. And this man took my lunch, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he fed everybody there. And guess what? Here's 12 baskets left over from my lunch. Let me tell you something. Expect God to do more with you than what you started with. He starts with the lunch and there's 12 baskets left over. God is the God of possibilities. He's the God of more than enough. And we are not going to let our age diminish our expectations. Now, if we move on from there, the other age extreme is the people who are older. And let me address this because I can address it just a little bit. I see older people opting out. And I know it's a fight. I know it's tough getting up sometimes in the morning. I know it's it's really hard because if I ask some of you, tell me about your New Year's Eve party. And I can tell you mine. I was up to see the New Year in. Carrie was sleeping right beside me. I was laying there on my iPad. I saw 12 o'clock. I turned the iPad out and I went to sleep. That was my party. You know, Ronald Reagan said, I know when one generation ends and another one begins, he said it's 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> and some of you, you're aware of that. But listen, to think that God doesn't use young people, not biblical. To think that God doesn't use older people, not biblical. So I need to expect when I'm young, and I need to keep expecting when I'm older. Let me, let me tell you something. We just, we just went through Christmas. The Christmas story does not begin with Mary. The Christmas story begins with an older couple Zacharias and Elizabeth, who's been trying to have kids for years. So when you look at the Christmas story, there's two groups expecting Mary the younger's expecting, <laughs> and Elizabeth the older's expecting. They're both expecting. When we walk through these doors, young people, you need to be in the spirit of expectation. Older people, we need to be in the spirit of expectation because we know that God uses people of all ages. Now, the staff hears me every once in a while. Uh, we were uh, having a staff meeting at Jimmy's Egg the other day. And uh, I was trying to get there, and the same thing happened to me. Uh, a few days ago, I had a, Matt and I had a 6.45 meeting in the morning. And so I have to travel about 20 miles. And in my travels, and you know my personality, my spirit, I, I, I'm on the highway, I'm on the bypass, and God is my witness. The speed limit is 65 miles an hour. And I get behind these old people who are my age that are doing 45 in 65. Now, I am so holy, I never say anything. Not. I mean, I don't curse. I don't condemn. I just suggest. The speed limit is 65. Please go 65. If you don't have anything to do today, I do. Goodness gracious, if you're getting up in the morning and you don't have anything to do, give it to somebody who's got something to do. Because we're expecting something to happen that day. Listen, if you're the house cat waiting for somebody to bring your can of tuna, you're not a lion. Lions go hunt! Everybody all right? And we need to live in the spirit of expectation. If you own a business, you're, you're in expectation. Expectation. You're going to have customers. You're going to have clients. You're going to service them. You're going to do what you need to do with the product or, or whatever you're doing. You're expecting things to, to go and, and to move and, and to grow. And I think in the business world, sometimes they get it even better than we in the church. Sometimes we think we just come and hold hands and sing Kumbaya and everything's going to be all right. No, we need to live in the spirit of expectation. And whether we're young or old, we come through these doors and and we say, God is going to move. He's going to do something and and I'm going to pray at the altar and I'm going to be a worshiper. And and anything that I do here is going to be adding to what God is doing in this kingdom work. And nobody is here by accident. I believe the steps of the person who walked in here are ordered by the Lord. And I believe we corporately and individually, we're going to make a change in our county, in our cities. We're not going to be the church that sits on the corner for 100 years running 50 people. We're expecting God to do something among us and through us. I'm expecting people to be filled with the Holy Spirit at this altar, to be healed at this altar, to give up drugs and alcohol right here at this altar. Oh, I know it's tough. It takes courageous decisions to do that. Sometimes it's not a one-time fix. Sometimes it may be a one-time fix. I don't know. I still believe God is the God of miracles. What I can't do, he can do. Like Mary, how can this be? With God, all things are possible. And I'm expecting that. And I'm gonna keep expecting that as I get older. You, you, you cannot not age, but you don't have to get old. Keep a young spirit inside of you. Keep the passion inside of you. Keep the desire inside of you. Question, what are you hoping for? What are you desiring? What are you expecting? Good question. Because we all need to be expecting. We need to be hoping. We need to be desiring. Listen as I read Proverbs 13 and 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Abraham and Sarah weren't spring chickens when God gave them a promise. Do you remember that? The promise came when Abraham was 75. Now, I said this in the early service. I think you'll uh, identify with this. If someone came to me and said, Mike, and I'm 75, Mike, you and Carrie are expecting Would anybody here have a reaction? You liars. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You untruthful people. <laughs> and really, if you're 75 and God comes along and says, you're going to have a baby. Well, I don't know how that's going to happen. We've been trying for a long time, God. Uh, I don't know. But you know what? For 25 years, that promise went unfulfilled. It was only until Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. How many expect to see a 90-year-old woman with a baby bump? Is that blowing your mind? (laughs) My my daughter-in-law, Stephanie, and Matt, you know, they're... They're expecting their first child, and the baby is going to be born in April, and we trust and expect everything to be okay while they're expecting. And so during Christmas, uh, they were at the house, and Stephanie, she's got that baby bump now. And she's kind of proud of it. She said, I'm glad I have a baby bump, because every time before this, everybody thought I was fat. So now it's it's my baby bump. I'm I'm, I'm expecting. And that's a good thing. And here, Abraham and Sarah, they're just not giving birth to a boy. They're giving birth to a nation. There's a nation within you. And and you're going to be a blessing. And you're going to bless. They were expecting. You say, how do you get your head around that? It'd be tough, wouldn't it? But the New Testament said that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. Even though it looked impossible, he still lived in the spirit of expectation. And we have to do the same. Notice, hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you're not expecting, if you don't see things coming, guess what? The Bible says your heart will be sick. But when the desire comes, It's a tree of life. Are you expecting something, desiring something, longing for something, hoping for something? You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if you're not expecting or hoping, you're not going to have much faith, right? But we believe that something good is going to happen. And we look for that. There's an old line that says that the hummingbird and the vulture, they all both fly over the desert and both get what they're looking for. That, that hummingbird's looking for the flowers and looking for the, the blooms on the cactus and, and goes in and gets the sweet nectar and the, and the vultures looking for the dead things there in the desert. Let me tell you something. You'll get what you're looking for. Your perspective, your expectation, you're going to get what you're looking for. But I'm looking for growth. I'm looking for births. I'm looking for the move of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm looking for. So, so that hope, Is our expectancy and it has to be acted on it can't be just we hope for that or we expect that now we act on that hope and now we move toward that expectation it's not just something that we in the ethereal realm of the cosmos think that it's going to come about we move toward that and we put actions to that so we're in expectation an expectation influences your reality because if you don't expect chances are you don't receive it influences your reality so if you want to change your reality raise your expectations raise your hope level raise your faith level because we don't want to give up hope we don't want to give up expectations because we're looking for something good from God I want you to bow your head with me